Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Then they remembered his words. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. He is risen. Hallelujah. Please be seated. He rose so you can sit. That's the, that's the gospel. That's it. <laughs> they remembered his words, which means they forgot his words. Imagine being these uh, first visitors to the grave. And I think you know what they were feeling like. I'll bet some of you have been exactly in the same position they were. Have you ever been in that situation where you had, well, a death? A shocking death. And it leaves an emptiness. And it seems irreversible. And you feel like you're in a box. And you can't get out of this reality that you are now in. With a loved one dead. And you try to sleep at night. And finally, you probably do get a little sleep. A little rest in your mind does wander. And you escape for a second. But then you wake up. And that reality of death just crushes you, greets you when your eyes open. You know what that feels like? I bet some of you do. And that's how those women must have felt as they lost a loved one. And not only that, of course, I mean, not just a, an ordinary death, but they saw him crucified. They saw him beaten. They saw him humiliated. And they saw him officially rejected by the world as a criminal of the state. Rejected by his own people, rejected by Rome. You, you can't die a worse death, not simply physically, but it's so, it's full of shame. It's like being, it's like finding out that your best friend is a murderer. And the whole world thinks he is. That's what it was like. And so imagine having to deal with that and seeing him put in the tomb, but not just that. These women had hope that he was going to change the world. He wasn't just a friend. He was going to be their savior. He'd done incredible miracles. He raised the dead himself. And he taught and he preached and he came in Jerusalem as a king. And they thought, and who knows exactly what they were thinking, but like many of his disciples were thinking that he was going to reject Rome you know what I mean? Like set up his own kingship or maybe even greater than that. God was coming and all that's bad is going to be gone. I mean, their hopes were in Jesus in so many ways. And now he's dead. But when I think of those who came to the tomb, my mind goes right to Mary of Magdalene. Because he was for her not just a friend or a, a great hope. But you see, Mary of Magdalene was, uh, when Jesus saw her, she was possessed by seven demons, is, was the legend. 
as scripture tells us, and, and whatever that looks like, but she was nuts, and she acted like an animal, and I'm sure they took her to doctor after doctor, and nobody could do anything about it, and when you are like that, and even today when you're like that, because we have not advanced as a society one bit as human beings since Jesus' day, you live with that kind of illness, you're living on the outskirts of, of reality. You can't bring them to the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, because they're crazy. You get put somewhere, you get put away. And back then especially, you're rejected. What can you do? Or maybe if it's believed you're, you're possessed, then you, you are unholy. And that's where Mary was. She was alone and she was sick and nobody would go near her. And then Jesus came. And maybe the biggest miracle is this guy came and hugged her. And treat her like a human being for the first time. Let alone healed her. And by healing her, not only healed her, you know, in, in all that that means, but brought her back to society. She could hang out with people again. And not be alone. You see, for Mary of Magdalene, Jesus was a savior. A friend. And ever since that healing, she went wherever he went. Because the rest of the world didn't love her, but he did. And we're all kind of Mary Magdalene's in different ways, aren't we? Who desperately need Jesus to befriend us. And he has. And so here is Mary Magdalene. You can just imagine she has nowhere else to go, but all she knows is this Jesus is everything to her. And so guess what? If he's in the grave, she's going there too. And they come bringing the uh, spices, their perfumes, basically, because they started the job on Friday. But you see, uh, they had to keep the Sabbath day holy, the Pharisees did. And so you need to stop all this stuff and go home so we can be righteous as they killed the Son of God. <laughs> And so the women went home, but as soon, as soon as Saturday was over, they came to the tomb. And they came looking for death. And they came looking for what we all do when we go to the grave. Absolutely no expectation <laughs> that somebody's not going to be there. And they came to put the finishing touches on the rotting, smelling body of Christ. And Luke tells us, when they got there, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Now, it's not like, oh, yeah, here it is. Nobody expected Jesus to rise. Nobody. Recently, there's been a scientific, uh, a, uh, I can't remember, I think it was uh, Cambridge, released uh, a conclusion that it's impossible for people to, ri to raise, be, be risen from the dead. Do I need a scientist to tell me that it's impossible for dead people to rise? You know, your tax dollars, somebody's money went to that, you know. Yes, we all know this, right? And in Jesus' day, everyone believed the same thing. You don't rise from the dead. And so these ladies were not looking for anything. They weren't trying to invent some story to make themselves feel better. You can just tell by the behavior. They weren't looking for a dead man rising. That was not in their mind frame of possibilities of hope. 
So they see this tomb, and they see the tombstone rolled away. They don't see a body in it, and Luke says they start wondering about it. Why? They're not thinking, oh, maybe he rose. You don't wonder about that, first of all. (laughs) They are thinking one thing. Those sons of guns came and took Jesus' body, and now they're desecrating, because that's what you do in the Mideast, even today, because we're no different than we were back then. And you haul that body around, and you embarrass those who follow that Jesus by bringing that dead body and bringing it around, right? That's what you do, and I know that's what they were thinking. They came and took Jesus' body away. And so while they're wondering about this, Luke says, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. Because that's what you do when you meet God, by the way. When in doubt, you're wondering what to do, what the etiquette is. Get down. <laughs> and I would say it's all, it's, it'll be natural to you. Because when you're in the presence of God, you immediately see your reflection in his shoes and you see your sinfulness. You feel like you don't belong there. Have you ever been to a party like that? Maybe when you were underdressed, that's how you feel when you're in front of God. And they fell on their faces and the men said to them, the most beautiful words, why are you looking for the living among the dead? What are you doing here in a graveyard looking for hope? He's not here. He has risen. He is risen. And then they said this, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. And it is hilarious, right? If you read the gospel, Jesus says this over and over and over. But when the time came for him to die on the cross, everyone's like, what? And when he wasn't in the tomb, they're like, huh? He said it over and over and over. And the angels remind the women, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. He must be. That's what the Son of Man's job is, is to die. The cross is not an obstacle to God's work. The cross is not... An unexpected little bump in God's plan for your life. The cross is the very center of how you have a relationship with God through the blood of Jesus. That's why Christmas happened. So that baby will grow up and die for you and for me. The cross is the epitome of God's love for you. You don't believe he loves you? Whenever you doubt that, you look to the cross. It's necessary, they said, and three days rise again. And I love this. When we think of Christianity, oftentimes we think of Christianity as, you know, wishful thinking. It's about ideas about being good, or Christianity is about the moral majority, or maybe a political movement, maybe a philosophical movement, a way of life when you think of Christianity. Because you know what? That's what all the religions are. They're all ladders going up, and they're all based on ideas and maybe a vision someone had. But Christianity is not that way. Christianity is based on historical fact. That Jesus died on the cross, which is indisputable, 
and three days later rose again, which quite frankly, compared to the most of the things you assume you know historically, has far more evidence that he rose again than 98% of the stuff you think you know about history. Because more than 500 people saw him physically rise from the dead. Christianity is based not on you. It's based on the acts of God in history, especially the death and resurrection of Christ. And if those things did not happen, you look like fools dressing up on a Sunday morning, gathering in this room. Right? He is risen. Let that sink in. Christianity is based on history, on the acts of God recorded by many witnesses. There's a great uh, story of, uh, I bet it happens frequently, not as frequent I think as some people would like to think it happens, but uh, a professor was, um, uh, there's uh, this uh, young man, John, John Martin talks about um, something he learned as a kid or as a student. He was going to, he's in college, he's in a philosophy class, and this professor wanted to, he just couldn't stand, he was an atheist and really couldn't stand, uh, especially Christians, you know, so his goal is always to sort of beat that out of you, you know what I mean? To convince you that there is no God, and especially there is no Christ, etc. Um, God bless him. And so he begins the class and he said, knowing that there's some Christians in there, you know, he's probably in the southern, uh, southern states there, and he said, uh, if there's anything that I can say, or he asked the, he asked the class, is there anything I can tell you Christians that'll make you reject Christ? Is there, any, is there anything that I could show you or prove that will cause you to say there is no God? And some young man raised his hand and he said, no. And at first that seems like the right answer, right? Because he's got strong faith. And no matter what you show him or tell him, he will never reject Jesus. That's actually not the right answer. There is something that if you were shown this and it was proven, I certainly would reject God like that. What is it? The bones of Christ, the body of Jesus. You bring me that, I'm out of this. Find another job. I really mean this. St. Paul says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he basically says that if the resurrection of the dead is not a possibility in the future, and if Jesus did not physically rise from the dead, then we are the biggest ding-dongs. <laughs> he says this, because if your faith is in this life only, that if you think Christianity is about, well, it gives me some good guidelines to enjoy my life. If that's all you got, and then you die, and you're never to be seen again, and there is no hope, you're a fool. You should be selfish and desperate and following every little whim you have, because this is it. But Christ is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah. There was no body in the tomb. If you think they wanted to find the body now, which they do, the Discovery Channel will give you tons of money <laughs> to find that body, right? You think they didn't want to find it back then? You think the chief priests and the Pharisees were not desperately looking for that body? If there was not evidence that Jesus was dead, you think we wouldn't know that by now? They hated him. They, if they could do anything to wipe out the Christian way, the one thing they could do is to produce the body of Christ not found. 
risen. And the opposite of that is lots of people saw him, touched him, heard him, ate with him. More people than most historical figures that you know, and they wrote about it. He is risen. That means you can trust his words. Because if he says something's going to happen, it will happen. If Christ, of all people, says something's true, it is true. Remember his words. That's why the angel said that. Because he comes through. He said he died and rise, and he did. Therefore, guess what? Other things he says are true too. How about this? You are forgiven. Is that true? You will rise again. That's true too. Remember his words. You see, we can be like those ladies in graveyards looking for the living among the dead in our lives. Because, you know, today we're all excited and pumped up. Oh, it's Easter, right? By the end of today, I promise you, some of you in despair will say, there is no God. No, but maybe not. Maybe, the, maybe our uh, cooks out there having family over, right? <laughs> having to deal with your family. No, I'm joking. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but there's, by the end of the day, you're going to have some kind of obstacle. You are going to sin. You're going to screw up. Because we're going to leave here and we're going to go back to a world where you get what you deserve. Where people die. Where there's no pity. This week you're going to enter the week, the workplace, whatever you do, school or whatever. And we're going back to a world where it's doggy dog. Quid pro quo. Nobody gives you anything free. And guess what? You need to remember, like the women did, what Jesus told you. God provides. It's going to be okay. This week, you're going to mess up. You're going to say words you regret. You are going to screw up in your heart, in your mind, with your, goodness gracious, with your, your acts and your deeds, sorry, like I just did. And the devil's going to throw your sins in front of your face. And for a moment, like those ladies, you're going to forget Jesus' words. But remember what Jesus says, I forgive you. And some of you this week are going to face something real serious. Some of you are going to wake up at night thinking, I'm getting older. <laughs> I'm not getting more healthy. Some of you, I'm sure, are waiting for a doctor's visit. Some of you are going to be scared about death. And I'm sure some of you right now are mourning the loss of loved ones. And that's when we need to remember Jesus' words. I'm going to raise you up on the last day. It's going to be okay. Brothers and sisters in Christ, remember his words just like the angel said. That's why you have church. We don't just do this so we can make a nice building and sit in for a couple hours, although the food is fantastic. I'll come for that, Joel. Thank you. But we come and gather, why? So we can hear his words because we need to hear them because it only takes a day and we start forgetting that dead men do rise and sins are forgiven and we start living in a dead world again. So Christ gives us a church and makes it you and me where we can gather and be reminded every day and often that we are loved by God, that we are not the creation of random, uh, random occurrence. And that we've been saved by the blood of the Son and will rise again.
And also, let me tell you, there are people in your lives when you leave here today that are wandering in graveyards who don't have hope, and you are their angel. I promise you there's someone, and you probably know who it is, that needs you to tell them like the angel said, remember Jesus' words. He died and rose for you. There is hope. There is peace. There is a resurrection that's coming. May the Lord send you out and open your eyes to those in your lives who need to hear his words too. He is risen. In the name of Christ. Amen.